It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome into the Patrick Johnson Show. Surprise, surprise, I'm back again. Even surprise myself, I didn't expect to be back. There you go. <laughs> hey, it comes in threes. Two more times. Woo woo! There you go. There we go. Welcome into the Patrick Johnson Show. B- ben B. Baby Byron filling in for the P Man once again. We hope all is well with Patrick. Don't know the deal, but he's not here nonetheless. Chris Cook on the ones and twos. What's your nickname today, Chris? You got like 13 of them. Your lucky number. The Iced Out Goat. <laughs> <sighs> okay, the Iced that, Out Goat. That was forced, Chris. Yeah. Hey, I think on my feet, man. We'll just go with Cookie. You're oh, but no, that's lame. Let me... No, all right, Cookie's fine. You're just Cookie, yeah. And then we got Joe Sampson, former pirate, tied in with us. Good Do to I have him back. Clean? What up, guys? What's going on? Well, uh, it never fails. Every time we fill in, especially on short notice, we just get a whole news dump right before the show starts. And uh, even with ECU today, plenty to talk about. Getting right into it. Uh, we'll start with ECU baseball. Some really encouraging news that just came through uh, a couple of hours ago. Season tickets are sold out. And I have a proposition for Pirate fans um, that would like to see this year when it comes to baseball. I have a little call to action, if you will. Okay. Call that. All right. Season tickets are sold out once again. Let's show up the games in February and March. What, do people not really do that? They don't, no. yes. Oh, okay. Then Super Regionals and Regionals come around. The people that have been there all year can't get tickets because Pirate, Pirate Club and these other people are priority members, and they get priority when it comes to those tickets. And then the people that have been there all year can't get tickets. That's ridiculous. So I challenge, no. yeah. What are you no doing, event? people? Yeah. I'm get it saying, together. It, it's annoying. It's get that. it together, people. I, I can't explain how many different people think I have some some kind of pool working here with that. <laughs> and they complain to me about that whole deal. It's like, there's nothing I can do about it. It's the way it is. Join the Pirate Club. Hey, man, I just, just work here. Yeah. yeah. It's a huge media superstar at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's hey, like it's two, like two the, days in a row. Back to back is the host. Why it, not? It's like the Will Ferrell thing. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to proclaim yourself the best college baseball fans in the nation? Well, let's act like it. Let's be that way year-round, even when we're playing, I don't know, Queens College. doesn't matter who we're playing. Show up Georgetown. and show up. Yeah. I think that is just kind of a habit among like all sports fans. It's just like when the season's about to start, get like way more into it than you've ever been, and then two weeks in, I feel like people just kind of fizzle out. Well, they take that first loss, and you're like, oh, damn. Yeah, and then (laughs) maybe next year. Yeah, and it's not. I mean, Pirate Nation is not um, the only ones that you can accuse of this. I mean, for the most part, they're pretty loyal. But it's like this in all sports and all fan bases. Oh yeah, totally. Every year, I get hyped for the Panthers because at this point, there's a ton of new things every year, just because you know. Not very good. And then so two weeks in, and then two weeks in, you make a rap video about how you want everybody gone. I want them gone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What Wait, has the, Joe not seen that? He hasn't. Oh, oh we got to show Joe that. Oh. Either way, let's the people look. listening know what we're talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> let's not get off track. Keeping it pirate baseball, they're ranked number twelve in the National uh, College Baseball Writers Association poll. So, for what it's worth, uh, yay, I guess. Yeah, but you know what they're going to tell you. 
Oh, I did this. We don't pay attention. It's the, it's preseason the, awards don't matter. It's the postseason poll that matters. Yeah, I can hear uh, Coach Godwin saying that right now. With all due respect. Tone. Yeah. yeah. And, and, hey, rightfully so. Uh, Minji's family making a big uh, gift um, to ECU Athletics and the Pirate Club. That's good to see. Donating to the Pirates Unite campaign. Making sure players get that um, NIL money and making sure, you know, they contribute to maybe an indoor practice facility or whatever exactly um, athletic program they want to contribute to. Good to see that. Keep that coming. I um, mean, you know, everybody, once again, and get, talking about complaining, I'm going to complain about the complainers. Oh, here we go. Yeah, keep uh, up with that. What's your beef with the complainers? Well, everybody keeps BSing about how they want an indoor practice facility, and let's get Vince McMahon to do it. Let's get Mr. Beast to do it. Throw some money, your, throw, throw some money their way. Yeah. Contribute. You have a Pirates yeah. Unite campaign where you can specifically donate to that cause. Why not do it? Even if it's like, I don't know, like 20 bucks. Just throw it in there. Practice what you preach. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like the people that say uh, they want the Pirate football team to be better, and there's this and that, and um, you know they want to see them back in a bowl game, and then they get there and they don't show up or they don't watch, or for whatever reason they have all this criticism and it's not enough. Oh yeah, the the attendance of that bowl game was like disappointing. Just yeah. watching on TV. Oh, well, I think the location definitely. Uh, oh no, did that's not true. Help. No, that's true. Uh, Birmingham. I hate to say it, even though they've done a lot of things to kind of renovate that area and make it a little bit better and desirable for tourists. Not exactly an ideal vacation or go-to destination. Though. But hey, we got somebody here that was actually a player say, in that yeah. game. Huge, huge shout out to the Pirate faithful who showed up and drove that entire way. Yeah. Um, just awesome to see all that purple and gold. Obviously, it, it, yeah. Th- there was definitely a, an interesting matchup to see two teams separated by five hours go play in an eight-hour state yeah with a time difference at 6 p.m yeah but you know yeah uh, well it would have been nice baby. to see it at myrtle beach that wouldn't yeah. have been yeah home game oh see even i would have went if it was the myrtle beach that's a, yeah. home, that's a home game conway call out sick and then end up at the game yeah <laughs> chris would wind up on tv and gotten the call from the p-man he'd be like i didn't see anything yeah what are you talking about that's another bald guy <laughs> <laughs> that's another absolutely shredded bald guy in nice clothes. Yeah, that's Stone Cold Steve Austin. You must have got confused. What? Yeah, keeping it going here when it comes to ECU news. Obviously, we got basketball. The big news of the day, really, I would say, is Winston Tabs. Probably the most overhyped transfer in basketball that we've had in a long time. And rightfully so. High-level score out of the ACC. You normally don't get those kind of transfers when it comes to ECU basketball. But unfortunately, he had two major knee injuries. Did not work out. Uh, we've heard there's some other stuff outside of the basketball court uh, that went on with him. He's just focusing on his body and his schooling. Um, Mike Schwartz, a couple weeks ago, or about a week ago, said that he was stepping away from the team uh, to focus a little bit more on himself. And uh, if it was a matter if he went to return, that's two to be determined. Well, we found out earlier today that he has hit the transfer portal I'm going to go ahead and say it. Not really a surprise, I would say. It kind of seemed like it was trending in that direction. It uh, seemed like he was happy with his minutes. Yeah, it kind of seemed like when he was saying that he was stepping away from the team, that it was like, no, he's like stepping away from the team. You know what yeah. I mean? Me and Joe actually had a class with him yeah. just this last semester, this right? Last yeah. semester, yeah. Yeah. Seemed like a good guy. No, he's cool. He's yeah, he's super cool. I mean, awesome yeah. dude. Just great outlook on everything very positive just unfortunately had those two injuries we talked about yeah oh, yeah i never saw him in person until like the season without like what, <laughs> yeah, what was he always, like a walker scooter. or something yeah yeah 
He um yeah he had two very unfortunate knee injuries. I mean that's not hard or not easy to um, come back from. And he had that game in the Gulf Coast Showcase where I believe he dropped twenty. Yeah, he that was really his swan song, and uh, that was really good to see. And then we really never saw him at that level ever again. You know, you thought at the time, okay, maybe we have something here. We finally got the guy that we've been hearing about for the past two years, and then unfortunately that didn't work out. And I hope all works out well for him. I hear he's trying to work towards like a computer or cybersecurity degree so seems like he's got his stuff figured out well he's a smarter man than i am absolutely yeah (laughs) yeah communications (laughs) hey joe's communications too don't don't make us jumpy we'll jump you right here i'm just saying joe we'll turn the mics off i'm just saying bud we'll get them going there's a lot you can do with communications. That's whenever you tell a person you're majoring in communications. oh they look down on you they give you a look they're like oh but they always say well there's a lot you can do with that the kind it, of it's in, feel it's better. ingenuine, but it's ingenuine. Yeah, it's yeah. not. Yeah, it's like, oh, there's a all, lot you can do with that. All i got to say is we're all in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're on the same boat right now. Look at us. We're on the radio, though. <laughs> um, You know, quick other notes here. Um, Mike Schwartz gets another big in-state recruit from Eastern North Carolina into Corey Faison from Goldsboro. Good to hear there. You know, Mike Schwartz made a promise at the beginning of the year when he, in his inaugural press conference that he was going to get more local recruits. That was a point of emphasis when he got here. He's got it with this guy, Jordan Vick, the kid from Southern Nash. He was a four-star. He's got his commitment. So sticking to his words so far, and um, all the more reason to buy into Mike Schwartz, even though this season is not the best. It's his first year. They're, they got a lot some of growing pains. Yeah. That, that's bound to happen. They got yeah. some growing pains. Yeah. I mean, I look at it. Uh, I mean, I didn't expect us to have 11 wins at this point in the season. Be quite oh, yeah, no, me you. either. And, uh, you know, we had a pretty solid, I wouldn't say it was like, Super tough, but a decently tough non-conference schedule as well. So, yeah. yeah, I'm pleased with what I've seen so far. Well, obviously, there's a lot of news outside of sports today, a lot to get into. Frank Reich, uh, Mike Schwartz, we caught up with him earlier today. On the other side, we'll get with him in our pirate report. Plus, a couple of new head coaches in the NFL, uh, just breaking a couple of minutes before we went on. We'll get into all that on the other side right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. At this point, we have to recut that and put my name in it. I was about to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This has been Byram with your 94.3 The Game Pirate Report. There we go. Thanks for that introduction. That's what you're here for, Chris. All right. I'm cool with that. Uh, a couple of quick mo- notes I forgot to mention. EC Women's Basketball plays tonight. Um, big conference game for them in Tampa as they take on the 25th ranked team in the country in the South Florida Bulls. They're at 20-4 and four on the season. ECU at 14-7. and seven. It tips off at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Let's get into a, co- a couple of quick notes and audio from the day for Mike Schwartz. Another quick note I forgot to mention. Just got word that we'll be joined by Panthers Radio Network's Jim Zoki talking the latest on the Frank Reich hire and all the latest in the NFL and with the Carolina Panthers. He'll join us in our next segment here in about 10 minutes. In the meantime, we heard from Mike Schwartz from Menji's Coliseum earlier today as they get ready to make the trip down to Tampa. Uh, Mike Schwartz in his opening statement talking about that game, that rough, gruesome game against Wichita State and looking to bounce back against the South Florida Bulls. Uh, Coming off of... uh upsetting and difficult game the other night obviously we spoke about it after the game uh coaching staff team not pleased at all with the results in terms of sunday and in terms of how it played out uh, we had a very direct uh, that's probably the best way to put after it, this cut film session yesterday 
where we had a chance to look at some things from the game uh, as we prepare uh, for tomorrow's game versus South Florida. But we had to spend a lot of time yesterday looking at what happened on Sunday versus Wichita State. And, uh, you know, we get, a, we get a day of practice today before we hit the road, so we have not had been able to be on the court yet since the Sunday's game, so we'll get at it today uh, right after this. Uh, obviously, the big news of the day, Winston Tabbs entering the transfer portal. I told you all about it. Now it's time to hear from the man himself on why Winston Tabbs hit the portal and him making the official announcement. And then lastly, obviously, uh, Winston Tabbs has entered the transfer portal. Uh, just the utmost respect and support Winston in what he's pursuing uh, in terms of his playing career and education. He's been great here. Uh, he has our full support. We are going to help him with whatever is best for him as he moves forward. Uh, jumping down the list here, actually we'll go to the next one here. He talked about when, when, what went wrong last time they played USF. Obviously that happened in Menji's Coliseum. Uh, Pirates really struggled when it came to defending the three against USF, who's not the best three-point shooting team. Tyler Harris, a very dynamic guard, guard for the Bulls, really unloaded in the second half. And I'm surprised that's a guy I haven't heard about too much coming into that game because he had a solid string of games coming into that, and he looked like he looks like a next-level player, especially in that game. And then you look at their forwards, a very lengthy team, guys like Keyshawn Bryant. Fun fact, named after Keyshawn Johnson, the uh, wide receiver for the Jets. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I, I didn't get the exact word why that was the case, but, yeah, named after Keyshawn Johnson. Had guys like Russell Tachua who really dominated in the paint. Um, the only answer we had for him was Luigi DeBeau. Uh, so, yeah, they are a very lengthy team, and then they have a dynamic guard. Mike Schwartz talks about what went wrong in that first game against USF. Well, we, we didn't guard the three-point line very well in the first half. Um, you know, it was a close game at halftime, but they got, you know, they hit some threes early in the game, and they shot the ball well in the first half. Uh, we did a better job in the second half, but we were not able to defend Tyler Harris in the second half. He was the difference in the game, probably the last 10 minutes specifically. He made a shot uh, that put them up. Uh, ended up putting him up by one. We had a two-point lead. He hits a three that puts them up by one, and from that point, the basket got very big for him. So we didn't contain Harris very well in the second half. We didn't guard the three-point line very well in the first half. we got to be better in those areas, hopefully. And, and then the big fella in there, Russell Tachua, is just, uh, you know, he, he had his way with us in terms of scoring the basketball, rebounding, and we have to be much better protecting the paint uh, versus him and their whole team. Wrapping it up here in our Daily Pirate Report, let's jump to cut 13 here. Mike Schwartz talks about his promise of keeping uh, recruiting in-state, trying to get these more high, uh, how do you put it, highly touted local prospects from high school that usually ECU misses out on. They did that with getting to Corey Faison. Um, Mike Schwartz talking about that earlier today. Excited about the uh, recent news, and we're going to stay on that path. He made a promise in the inaugural press conference when he was hired that he's going to really make that a point of emphasis. Uh, he got that with four-star point guard Jordan Vick from Southern Nash. Jordan Vick was getting offers from Florida, Illinois, Pittsburgh, Vanderbilt. It's a pretty big-time program. It's not Blue Bloods necessarily, but he was a top 130 recruit in the 2024 class. ECU not used to getting guys like that. And you look at Faison, he's averaging 25.9 points, 12.1 rebounds. Looks to be a really solid player. He's a high flyer with great athleticism. Great to see that we can get a guy like that. Shoots really well from the three. He's averaging 79% uh, from the three-point range this year. That's wild, actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's good to see a guy like that, a local guy like that, 
uh, deciding to commit to ECU. Well, I mentioned Jim Zoki would join us on the other side here. Uh, Panthers Radio Network's Jim Zoki. He'll talk about the Frank Reich hiring. Frank Reich talking to the media earlier today. All that and much more. But first, let's kick it over to a 94 through the game sports update with our very own Chris Cook. Take it away, Chris. Thank you, Ben. Starting off, ECU basketball guard R.J. Felton was named to the American Athletic Conference Weekly Honor Roll. Felton averaged 22.5 points per game for two games last week. And some breaking news from earlier today, Winston Tabbs announced that he's entering the transfer portal. Here's what Mike Schwartz had to say about his departure from the team. And then lastly, obviously, uh, Winston Tabbs has entered the transfer portal. Uh, just the utmost respect and support Winston in what he's pursuing uh, in terms of his playing career and education. He's been great here. Uh, he has our full support. We are going to help him with whatever is best for him as he moves forward. After receiving an offer from East Carolina University on Friday, Goldsboro High School senior forward Shakori Faison has announced his commitment to the Pirates. Faison announced his decision over his Instagram account. The six foot seven standout has been a dominant player for the Cougars. He has averaged 25.9 points per game and 12.1 rebounds per game. New Panthers head coach Frank Reich is keeping two key assistant coaches on his coaching staff for next season. According to reports, offensive line coach James Campen and special teams coordinator Chris Tabor are remaining in Charlotte to join the first-year head coach's staff. Duke is set to hook Wake Forest on the hardwood tonight at Camden Indoor Stadium. The Blue Devils are coming off a dominant 43-point victory over Georgia Tech on Saturday. NC State will host Florida State tomorrow. The Wolfpack have won 6 of 7 to improve to 17-5. and five. And in some NFL news, Tyler Huntley, Trevor Lawrence, and Derek Carr have been named to the Pro Bowl for the AFC. This 94-3 The Game Sports Update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirates student-athletes. For more info on how to join, go to teammoneyard.org. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. More of the Patrick Johnson Show with Ben Byram on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben BBAB Byron filling in for the P-Man. I'm joined by a very special guest, Panthers Radio Network's Jim Zoki. And Jim, it's never a slow day at the office when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. How you doing, my friend? It is a full day, as you know. Uh, it's, uh, Absolutely. It's, uh, it's my, sixth time, my sixth time going to one of these press conferences through the years of a new head coach going back over now, 28 years. Sadly, it seems like it's becoming an annual tradition, the way things have been going. Of late, you're right. You know, they did the Matt Rule one in the practice bubble three years ago, but yep. this one was indoors in the stadium, in the red zone there, so it had a bigger field this time. Well, even that before that, you had, what's it, Perry Fuel, and then I, later after that, you had Steve Wilkes. So, yeah, you had a good little run going here for the last couple of years. That is true, yeah. We put in the interim coaches uh, the last two with Ron Rivera's departure was Perry Fuel for a couple of games. And Steve Wilkes was actually, you know, if you had to credit a season somebody, he was actually the coach of record last year doing 12 games compared to five for Matt Rule. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, getting right into it, obviously the big news when it comes to the Carolina Panthers is they hired – Frank Reich to be their new head coach. Uh, getting right into it, first impressions of the hire, and was it the right move? It's a good hire. Um, yeah, I will, before I talk about Frank, I'll say Steve Wilkes, I think, did an incredible job, and I think he would have been a great choice. Uh, Absolutely. Frank yeah. Reich uh, on his own is a great choice. Yeah, they're both good coaches. So I think you know, Frank Reich is another good coach. So they obviously had in their mind that they wanted to go on the offensive side of head coaching and 
if Ben Johnson had not pulled his name out of the hat, it would have been eight out of the ten candidates uh, would have been from the offensive side and Steve Wilkes being one of the two on the other side. So I think they had something in mind offensively. they got to figure out what to do at quarterbacks. So I think their want was to have somebody at the top of that chain that was going to be able to help them at quarterback in particular. You know, Frank Reich having played 14 years in the league at that position, being an offensive coordinator and so forth with the Eagles, um, you know, fits all that. So I think that's the priority and kind of where they were right now. But Frank, I knew Frank when he first started playing here back, obviously the expansion year of 95, the three games he played, but he was here the entire mm-hmm. first season. And it's his character, integrity are uh, beyond repute. Uh, obviously a good coach with uh, nearly five years with the Colts as head coach, part of a Super Bowl with the Eagles. So it's, it's a good, solid hiring. Yeah, absolutely, and I agree. I, either way, if it had been Wilkes or Reich, I would have been very pleased, and I'm obviously pleased now. I think it was the best man for the job. But obviously people in our neck of the woods, and when it comes to Panthers fans, there's a portion that are upset that Wilkes didn't get hired because, you know, he was from within the organization, got the team kind of on the back on the right track. He seemed to fit the Panthers' mold of head coaches when he'd been successful of, the, you know, just building the culture in the locker room the right way. When you kind of rationalize it, was it just a matter of, you know, Frank Reich's a little bit more experienced. He's offensive-minded. He's just the best job guy for the job when it comes to he was a coordinator and won a Super Bowl with maybe a subpar quarterback. He's just got all the experience. I think it's all that. Yeah, I think, you know, first they really seem to be focused on offense. And I reiterate that because, you know, after the press conference today, Dave Tepper and Scott Fitterer both spoke and uh, for – um, Dave Tepper in particular, that seemed to be uh, very much the direction he wanted to go as far as what they had identified ahead of time, as far as which direction they were trying to go with the head coaching job. And if you look around the league, there are some really good defensive-minded head coaches you know, coming to mind, or guys like Mike Tomlin, Sean McDermott, and a few others. But by and large, the, the league has shifted towards offensive head coaches, and uh, the league is kind of, you know, bent that way to favor the rules of offense, obviously, for the excitement of uh, generating points. So I, I think that was the number one thing. You're right. Reich does bring even more experience than Steve Wilkes as far as four and a half years as a head coach, uh, coordinator for a team that won a Super Bowl, as you said, with mm-hmm. Nick Foles and Carson Wentz playing at an MVP level in Philadelphia that year. So I think those were the things that did it. I think. And down that list is, again, the Carolina connection. But, of course, Steve Wilkes had that more than anybody. So that shouldn't have been a, a real factor, I wouldn't think. Absolutely. Um, when you look at Frank Reich and what he said during the day-to-day and looking at his coaching tenure with Indianapolis and with the Eagles, what kind of brand of football should fans expect with Frank Reich at the helm now? You know, I think, you know, as he said, it's a passing league, but you still have to be able to run. So, again, I think balance, and they want to be a physical team. So he – he said, you know, everybody says it's a passing league, and it's true, and there are certain times you have to pass the ball on third and ten, things like that. But uh, as he said, you know, you, you've got to be able to run the ball to, to win, and we got to be yep. able to do all the things that football is. So I think you'll see, you know, not just a – they're not going to come out there and sling the ball 50 times. So I think they will be a balanced team, and he brought up the running game a couple times. Rob Dante Foreman by name. Chuba Hubbard was at the press conference today. So I think you know, he's certainly a guy that's going to be emphasizing the run as much as the pass. Hall of Famer and Panthers Radio Network, Jim Zoki with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Jim, um, when you look at the recent reports and kind of the articles that have been put up there, I know you love this part, um, but, you know, we've seen some things, whether there's truth to it or not, about maybe Reich and the GM and the owner disagreeing when it comes to the coordinator positions. Where is he leaning towards when it comes to coordinator and who exactly is he looking for? What kind of coach 
is he looking for for OC and DC? I mean, I don't know exactly who it'll be, of course. I yeah, mean, one of the names that's been yeah. thrown out there is Brian Johnson, the, the Eagles quarterbacks coach. Um, he's got a history with him, and uh, he's kind of that guy that's in line to step up and be a, a coordinator. So that's a name that's been talked about to give you one. Um, but I would think what you know, he said it, and Scott Fitterer said it today, anything they do, whether it's coaching staff or players, but uh, all of that is collaborative. So I, I don't think I don't believe anything. Like, there's no dispute. I mean, Frank's been hired for like three days, so there's there's no disagreements. If there's anyone tweeting or whatever about that kind of thing, they're totally just getting started here and in lockstep. So I mean, you know, it's not going to be Dave Tepper picking the offensive coordinator. It's going to begin, and they're going to defer to I'm sure Frank Reich yep. put his staff together, and Scott Fitter will go along with that. They had recommended James Camp and the offensive line coach and Chris Tabor, special teams coach, because they both did as we all saw, a great job with those two units this past year. That was not a mandate, uh, but it was something recommended. I think Frank Reich was happy uh, to keep those guys on staff. Those are veteran guys who've been around the league with a number of different organizations through the years, and they chose to want to stay as well. So those are two real solid guys to hang on to from the previous regime. Uh, Frank Reich has been known to be like a quarterback guru during his time in the league, and obviously that's something that needs to be addressed with the Panthers. When you look at the draft or free agency or you know what's out there available in trades, what makes the most sense for the Carolina Panthers, in your personal opinion, when it comes to the quarterback position and given that Frank Reich is the new head coach? I mean, Scott Federer said, you know, ideally they'll draft a quarterback. So I think that's their intent with a top-ten pick. And they have the ability, obviously, to move up. So if they have identified one of them, say, as a throw name on there, C.J. Stroud, you know, go get him. I mean, if you don't think he'll be there at nine, move up and get him at five or whatever the case is. So I think um, I think that'll probably be the most likely thing. And then with that, they're going to need a veteran quarterback, right? So, so yeah. someone's going to be the veteran guy that comes in. How will they find him? You know, they find one every year. We've had Teddy Bridgewater, had Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. You know, somebody like that can be the veteran presence uh, bridge, if you will, or the guy that's the mentor, but somebody that works in conjunction. I don't, what I don't see happening is spending a lot of money on Derek Carr uh, yeah. and paying for a starter like that. So I, I don't think that's the route that they will likely go uh, out of the possible scenarios. I think there'll be a veteran brought in. I think they'll draft a rookie. And then we'll see. But, again, we don't have names attached to that right now to know exactly what that looks like. Obviously. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, shifting away from the Carolina Panthers and wrapping up here, Panthers Radio Network's Jim Zoki. Obviously, it was conference championship weekend this past weekend. Had a very lackluster NFC championship game, really a molly whopping by the Eagles, dished out to the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey, former Panther, really all that was going on offense for the Niners. Then you look at the AFC end, another classic, I think, between the Bengals and the Chiefs. And when you look at the Super Bowl, it's the first year in a while where we truly have the two best regular season teams from each conference playing in the Super Bowl. Your first impressions on the Super Bowl, and do you have a pick? I just feel like, um, you know, obviously either team can win. I think the Eagles just seem so well-rounded this year in, in every possible way. They've yeah. just been the number one offense in the league in yards and points. Jalen Hurts has emerged as a special quarterback in this league. So um, I, I think they have more going on. And then, you know, Mahomes is not 100%. We'll see how he is in two more weeks. Like, what was the damage done by playing four yeah. quarters on a high ankle sprain? number of receivers are dinged up for them right now. They're not as good on defense, I don't think, as the Eagles are. Um, so I, I, I think that the edge, to me, uh, goes to Philadelphia as far as where they come into this game health-wise and just looking at their body of work this year. But uh, 
I haven't seen the points, but I think it's very close, right? So it's three or less, right? So I would think that the yep. Eagles are very slight favorite, but that could move, obviously, before we get to the game in 11 days or whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Zoke, appreciate you coming on on such short notice and good work, and I just appreciate you having on. It's good to hear from you. Anytime. Thanks, Ben. Yep. Well, you know I'm hosting when Jim Zoki comes on. He's been one of my favorite guests. It's the only one they'll allow me to get. No, I'm just kidding. Nonetheless. He wants you specifically. Yeah, yeah. maybe so. <laughs> maybe so. But always appreciate Jim coming on and talking Panthers with me. Most of the time I'm a little bit more obnoxious, and I can tell it gets to him a little bit. But I try to keep it cordial this time. I'm glad you keep it cordial with him because <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm funny. No, yeah, it's it's good stuff. Well, we got some breaking news from the NFL. As Sean Payton is officially the head coach of the Denver Broncos now. They completed a trade with the New Orleans Saints. Do you know the draft compensation for that, Joe? I know you told me earlier. I do. Denver's 2023 first-round pick, which is the one they have this year themselves, Oof. not including the Seahawks one. Oof. And then a second-round pick for next year. Oof which in return the Saints will send Sean Payton and their 2024 third-round pick. Uh, that's about what was expected. Um, I know with the Panthers the compensation was going to be more since it was a division rival, mm-hmm. but I think now, you know, we don't know the ins and outs right now of how that's going to look, what the contract's going to look like, but I think if he wants to submit himself as, like, some people think he is, I don't, but if he wants to submit himself as this legendary Hall of Fame all-time great coach, he needs to have a successful tenure here with Denver. He he's got to win. I mean, yeah. we we talked about it on the podcast or not the podcast the show. Excuse me, uh, two weeks ago when we were talking about him being in the running for the Panthers. Yep. You can't come out of retirement after you've coached, coached arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Drew Brees just based on numbers and statistics. Yep. And then come out and lay an egg. Yep. And especially now the pressure that 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 organization has giving up a first rounder and a second rounder, which are two viable pieces that could build a team to succeed next year, Yeah, the pressure's immense. And uh, what I like about the Broncos is I don't think they're set for a Super Bowl run or anything, but you got a good base model there to build off of. You have just enough to where you don't have to do too much when it comes to bringing in some pieces and whatnot, and you can compete right away. And he fits the mold of what he had with Drew Brees, shorter quarterback, mm-hmm. um, Hall of Fame caliber guy. I think Russell Wilson is personally despite what's happened this past year, already yeah. a Hall of Famer. Um, so he's got everything made for him. It's a matter you got to start winning, and I think that would absolutely cement his legendary status. Taking a look at the other hiring that happened in the league, D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers defensive coordinator, latched, was it a six-year deal? Yes. A six-year six deal, year deal with the Houston Texans. So gone are the days of a one-year rental for the Houston Texans when it comes to head coaches. They now feel like they got their guy in D'Amico Ryans. First impressions, um, I hate to say it, I like D'Amico Ryans. I could see this being a complete disaster. I, I think it's a good move. Um, all I was hearing during any game uh, that the 49ers were in was how this guy was going to be the next great head coach. So if the commentators know anything, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Well, outside of like a Lovey Smith hire, everybody thinks that when they get a new head coach. They thought yeah. that about Matt Rule. <laughs> I mean, to be quite honest with I you. Want yeah. I want him gone. I want him gone. Yeah. I just, you know, a defensive hire, especially for a guy who, I mean, how long was he a coordinator for the Niners? It wasn't very long. I believe it was only two, two, years, two years, right? Yeah. He took over when Sala left, which is another guy from that staff is doing an exceptional yeah. job at a team that had to be rebuilt. Oh, he's a great head coach. But, oh, yeah. Shout out to my Jets. Um, 
But the thing about it is he's a 2006 Defensive Rookie of the Year for the Houston Texans. Oh, okay. He was a two-time Pro Bowler. Like, he went home. Yeah. J.J. Watt had this long, heartfelt message on Twitter about 30 minutes ago about him. was just excited for him. He's a locker room guy, the way he carries himself. He's one of the youngest coaches now, head coaching-wise, in the entire league. And they say that the way he's going to grow is how the team is going to grow. Yeah. I love it. Hey, I would love to see like defensive-minded uh, head coaches come back and really run the league. I think the Eagles are really opening up kind of a door for those guys to really get an opportunity, considering, yeah, the offense has been great for them, but the defense has been so good this year. It's mm-hmm. set up a lot of opportunities for that team, and it's carried them all the way to the Super Bowl. So maybe we'll see a shift here from the pass-heavy league to way, hey, we're going to build teams on defense once again. Hey, the speaking of the Eagles, they only held the um... – in both postseason games, held the opponents to total 14 stat. points. Yeah. yeah, that's just wild to me. That's be, absolutely wild. You're becoming a little bit. I see shades of Philip there. With that one. <laughs> who's uh Who's the only ones left? It's Tomlin, Staley, now D'Amico Ryan, and then um. What are we talking here? Defensive head coaches. Uh yeah. Um, there's and one. Vrabel. More. McDermott. And McDermott. Yep. So five of five of 32. Might, yeah. might be six. I might be missing one. Yeah, it's becoming a thing. It's just a matter of if they can get the Super Bowl and win it all in uh, today's NFL. When's the last time we've seen that? Uh, that's a good question. Probably Broncos? Maybe. Coach? Broncos, probably. Yeah, Q- yeah was, that, was that Kubiak? Kubiak? Yeah. yeah. Gary Kubiak? Gary Kubiak. We'll see. Hopefully we see that shift. The Something. Panthers need to get on it. <laughs> yeah. Not this year. Yeah, not this year, but maybe like 10 years from now. Maybe even longer than that. All right, coming up on the other side, um, we're going to talk a little bit more and get into today's headlines. A lot of interesting stuff going on. But first, I have a special offer for you. I know ECU men's basketball is not playing probably what a lot of people would hope. Yeah. But um, they're playing which? No, they're, they're playing USF, excuse me, tomorrow in Tampa. That tips off at 7 o'clock. We'll lead you into network coverage at 6.30. I'm giving you four tickets to their game this weekend against SMU, along with ECU women's basketball's next home game. I'm giving you four tickets to that as well. And a $25 Chico's gift card. All you have to do is call in and be caller number three. That's 252-561-GAME. 252-561-4263. Hey, it's a pretty good offer, and it's free. All you have to do is call in. Like I said, it's free. 561-4263 right here on 94.3 The Game. We'll hear from you on the other side right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, you know it. You know it. Oh, you know I'm ready to cut it up right now. Welcome <laughs> in. Woo! <laughs> hey, do, hey, that's your turn, Chris. Woo! There we go. <laughs> Woo! Welcome to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Barm filling in for the P-Man. Chris Cook on the ones and twos. And Joe Sampson, former part tight end. Woo! Right across from Woo! Right across from me. Hey, get this. This guy, Chris, from Gromsland, which thank you for calling in, Chris. Won four tickets to ECU men's basketball, four tickets to ECU women's basketball next week, and a $25 Chico's gift card. What a prize pack. Chris, how you doing, my friend? Are you excited? I am super excited. 
Yeah, love Chico's and great way to go watch some ba- uh, basketball. Hey, this guy's in the Chris Club. You know, I support everybody. Hey, in the I think this Chris. is rigged. <laughs> Shut up, Chris. Anyways, Chris, who, who do you pull for in, in the NFL? Well, I'm a, well, my team is the Steelers. Ooh. So, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what – I can't believe they brought Matt Canada back. That was a bad yeah. – probably the worst move in the NFL. I trust Tomlin. I trust Tomlin. Yeah, and, and Tomlin we trust. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Seems to be trending. Hey, it's better in, than the Panthers. Yeah, that's, yeah, you know what? That's true. You always have that over me. It's better than the Panthers. That's I mean, right. who's not at this point? Well, Chris, I appreciate you calling in. I've recognized the name. Um, I know you're a loyal listener, and we appreciate you calling and always listening, you know, being a, being a, being a solid listener. Oh, we love well, the solid listeners. Yep. Take it easy, bud. Enjoy the game this weekend. Thank you very much. I love Chris. Chris is the man. He's out there in Gromsland. Gromsland. Don't it out. you have some kind of like ties to there or something? Gromsland? Yeah. Uh, or no, you're packed holders, right? Yeah, that's close enough. Oh, okay. Close enough, yeah. Kind of. Uh, my dad lives out in those parts, so I lived there for a couple of months. Shout out to Bud from Pactolis. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's probably, I don't even want to talk about what he's doing right now. <laughs> Welcome back into the Patrick Johnson Show. Looking at the headlines of the day, um, well, we thought Frank Reich in his press conference was going to be the only Panthers headline of the day. But like I told Zoki uh, earlier, it's always a long day and a hard, tough, you know, busy day at the office when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. And two more headlines just emerged since that press conference. Panthers owner David Tepper says that he's trying to end the good old boys network in the NFL. And at first I was like, what does that mean? Does that mean you don't want to hire guys from inside the organization? You don't want to hire guys that you are your buddies? What does that mean? No, we're taking a political race angle here. (laughs) Um, He's saying he wants to get rid of the notion that there's mostly white owners and mostly white um, head coaches in the NFL Todd Bowles, Mike Tomlin, Mike McDaniel, and D'Amico Ryans are the only uh, coaches of color right now in the NFL. And he says he wants to get rid of that. Well, I mean... You just hired Frank Reich. Yeah, I mean, Steve Wilkes would have been kind of the guy that in that notion for you. Nonetheless, I'm fond of Frank Reich, but... Practice what you preach. Once again, with old Uncle Dave, it's just another case of uh, hypocrisy. Go and get him, Davey. Yeah, uh, Dave Tepper. What a guy. Thank God that Sean Payton thing to go through. Sean Payton saved us. You know, he sa- he saved us from ourselves in that one, I personally believe. Uh, yeah, I heard you weren't, like, big on him at all. I would have hated it. I would have hated it. I'd rather you get, like, a special teams coordinator somewhere <laughs> than get that guy. Screw what's your that. What's your beef with him? Uh, you know, I, he's just not a guy known for building great cultures. He's always had dirty teams with the Saints. I mean, don't get me started on Bounty Gate. Oh, that's bad. No, that's bad. That is, yeah. And I just look back to his plan after um, he didn't Drew Brees, and I say it all the time. He didn't have a plan. He gave Taysom Hill $128 million to yeah. be yeah. a glorified practice squad quarterback. Yeah. And that didn't work out, and he was like, I'm getting the you-know-what out of here. getting the hell out of here. <laughs> I'll say it for you. Uh, getting yeah. out of Dodge, baby. I'll, I'll retire. Keeping it with the Panthers, um, this is pretty obvious here. Steve Wilkes just came out and said he's disappointed in the fact um, that he did not get the head coaching job with the Panthers and that Frank Reich was favored over him. Um, there was no mention when he made that about the fact that he has an l- active lawsuit against the NFL mm-hmm. after being fired by the Cardinals after one season in 2018. I have to think that that has to play a factor. Yeah, I would say so also. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's probably, you know, Pasher doesn't think this is the case, 
But um, I'm thinking Tepper is getting memos from the league and other owners like, hey, do not hire this guy. He is costing us money right now. Well, you know they've all got some kind of like little club. Yeah, that, that's, you know, that's the, the good old boys club yeah, right there. Yeah, that's exactly That Tepper's a part of. I, don't, I mean, I, he's talking about himself when he brings that hey, up. Hey, whoever smelt it, dealt it. Yeah, I stand by that. Yeah, and if, speaking of just knowing people within that organization with the Panthers, you know, just pulling back the curtain with people I've talked to, um, even in just kind of the smaller positions within that organization with the Panthers, people don't seem to stick around under Tepper's tenure. Mm-mm. As opposed to Richardson, you had guys there that were for there for like 20 years or there for over a decade. Guys will be in there for a couple months under Tepper's regime and just dip. Maybe he's just a dweeb. So there's, uh, they're like, I'm not dealing with this nerd. There's legitimate culture problems <laughs> going on there. There's not a guy anyone wants to work for. Nonetheless, Steve Wilkes disappointed. I did see in this latest report. He's getting considered for the 49ers defensive coordinator job. I think that's about what he needs right now. That'd be yeah. a good move for them, yeah. I think. Some some kind of build up like that. If it wasn't going to be the Panthers, I don't think anybody else was going to give him a chance as a head coach in the first place. Uh, a, a premier level, top notch coordinator job like that is just what he needs to get back on track, and he's got to get this lawsuit figured out in the meantime. What what's the like? Uh situation with that i'm not like quite caught the up. lawsuit yeah yeah it's i'm glad the, you brought that up because a lot of people might be one, confused right? yes yeah. so um brian flores as you know got i know fired, i know that part yep mm-hmm. got fired as the miami dolphins head coach despite like it what was an eight and eight season eight, same same exact record that mike mcdaniels had yeah exactly but mcdaniels went to the playoffs yeah that was the only difference brian flores really got that team back on track and then they fired him and steve wilkes felt wronged um with the cardinals because he felt like they had the plan of hiring for a year as pretty much mm-hmm. like a placeholder until they got their guy, and it seemed that way. Uh, but isn't that kind of common in the NFL, though? Nowadays it is. Yeah, it wasn't that, always common. But when, back, when, when did this happen? Oh, the lawsuit was 20... Uh, it, the, well, the lawsuit's been going on since, like, 2020. Oh, okay. so yeah. this has been yeah. going on a while. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's had multiple coaches. So the story goes that Bill Belichick texted him and was like, hey, Brian, you got the job for the Giants. Uh-huh. thinking he was texting Brian Dable, and he was actually texting Brian Flores. And then Flores was like, oh, I haven't heard from anybody. And he was like, oh, sorry, my bad. Oh, that, that's <laughs> embarrassing. I do remember that. <laughs> that yeah, see, I completely forgot about that. Good I'm old, glad he brought that up. Belichick playing chestnut checkers in the division. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think Steve Wilkes is a good coach. It's just the other stuff, man. Keep your mouth shut and get your stuff squared away, and you're going to get an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like, I go back to this. The one thing... The huge factor that costed him the job was the fact that, which pretty much was like a play-in game for the Panthers <laughs> yeah. in that Tampa Bay game, he played it safe. He played it way too conservative. He it gave, was his worst called game. He gave Brady the ball back. Yeah, it was his worst called game probably since as he was a head coach, since he was a head coach of the Cardinals. And uh, it ultimately cost him a job because that was a must-win game. Yeah, right. I and mean, when the, the lights were really bright and all eyes were on him, he came up short. Big old. And he, it was a major disappointment. Yeah, absolutely. You signed Josh Norman like the week before because um, you had like, you needed serious secondary He's help. He's making coffees in Charlotte. Yeah. Didn't he like barely or play Atlanta. in that one game he, also? He played like a 20, total. 20 oh, snaps, I think it was. Yeah. He it had was, a snap limit. It, yeah, it was it was bad. Okay. Yeah, it was really bad. Mike Evans got like three touchdowns in this in that game against Keith Taylor and um. Week after I needed that in fantasy, might I add. Some, oh, well, hey, man, make your money and get out. That's what they say, right? Don't be yeah, talking about is. fantasy to the fantasy champ here. You don't oh, want to d- open d- up please that don't get him. D- please do not get him on that. I wore the belt to Menjis. People were loving it. That's embarrassing. Maybe they weren't. They weren't loving it. Everybody <laughs> was giving me looks. I was like, yeah, I'm the champ. When are you hanging the banner? 
Oh, uh, well, if you can see, I'm hanging it right now. I'm playing around <laughs> this thumbtack. We're just going to call this Pirates banner right here my banner. <laughs> it's just understood if everybody here. Like Chris uh, is so pissed right now. <laughs> Chris is not happy hey, at I all. Hey, I won the consolation bracket. What do I get? First loser. <laughs> Here's some wacky news of the day. Oh, God. And this shows you how far the Pro Bowl oh, is falling. Don't get me started, Ben. We'll get into it. But uh, the Pro Bowl, as we know, has become... I don't even know what you want to... It's pretty much been a glorified it's vacation. A yeah. It's a Oblivia Curry. Well, now it's become a flag football game. They even have, like, a golf, like, shootout this year. It's a golf shootout, dodgeball. There's a flag football game, a relay, a kick-tack-toe. No, that I actually like. The kick-tack-toe is That's cool. interesting. Dodgeball's yeah, that awesome. actually is interesting. The dodgeball is awesome. Let's and not, like, this is not, like, elementary school field day. That's all Okay, but, is. yeah, but we're watching grown men, like, professional athletes, getting paid $45 million. <laughs> Boring. Dodgeball. Boring. Would you you rather see the actual Pro Bowl game where they barely hit each other and it's obvious that... It was already flagged. Here's what you do. You ditch the game. You send them on their way in a nice vacation. It doesn't have to be televised because no one's watching it anyways. You're making no money off it. Um, Just make it an honor. Uh, If you restore it back to just an honor, almost like an all-pro... I think you're, I think it will add a lot of prestige back to it. I, I, I don't. Greatly I, underestimating the amount of money they're making off the Pro Bowl. Uh, yeah, he is. Well, either way, you got to so much money. The NFL is not like look. They they get plenty of money. Yeah, they're they not can exactly afford to do without the Pro yeah, Bowl, and they get plenty of money from the Pro Bowl. Okay. Hey, well, here, okay, okay. Uh, oh, I want to say so many things right now. <laughs> just your demeanor's pissing me off, but. When you look at the Pro Bowl right now, you think in its current state that's going to draw money. You want seeing some, guys shooting out in golf. You want some cheese with your wine? Stop it, <laughs> Chris. We're trying to do a show here. But when you look at the Pro Bowl, do you really think guys playing touch butt in the park? <laughs> Whoa! And uh, you know, swinging golf clubs is going to draw any money? I do. As Pe- opposed to the previous thing, people are watching. You're insane. I'll, I'll tell you You're what, absolutely Ben. Insane. Ben, we'll take a poll right here. Chris, you gonna watch it? I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. That's I'm not watching 66 percent right there. That's majority. I'm glad two people are watching it. But that was not even one to get off on, Chris. Me and you're gonna have it out after this. Oh God! But I'm wrap scared. it up don't here. Even, don't even bring it up. The big news on the Pro Bowl: Tyler Huntley only scored two touchdowns on the year so far. Named the Pro Bowl. That would put butts in seats. I'm right getting. There. I'm getting on my my I, high horse here. I'm gonna get on my soapbox. <laughs> Zach Wilson has more touchdown passes this season than. Tyler Snoop Huntley. Oh, is that what they call him, Snoop? That they call him Snoop. Josh Dobbs, who played two games for the Tennessee Titans, has as many touchdowns as Tyler Huntley. At what point are we going to look at the fact that I think we were looking at numbers and we were looking at, as we said, butts and seats? Yeah, absolutely. Quick note here, just to further your point. Here's all the quarterbacks that had more passing yards this year than Here Tyler Huntry, Huntley. Desmond Ritter, Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew, P.J. Walker, Colt McCoy, Bailey Zappi, uh, Joe Flacco, Cooper Rush, and Jameis Winston. That's going to do it for us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. P-Man should be back tomorrow. I said that yesterday. Hey, but it might be us. Who knows? Let's Boy, keep the streak alive. We'll find out. Hey, it's been fun. Special thanks to Joe Sampson. Woo! Special thanks to Chris Cook. Special Woo! thanks to Chris from Gromsland for being a loyal listener. Back at it live at 5 with Patrick Johnson tomorrow, 94.3 The Game.